Hello, homeschool friends, and welcome to this episode of the Homeschool High School Podcast from SavenSistersHomeschool.com and brought to you by the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network. I'm Sabrina, and I'm here with two co-hosts today. I've got and I've got Kim. on. Awesome. It feels so good. It does. It used to be this way all the time, way back in the early days. How many years have we been doing the podcast? This is our third year. I wow. Think. Yeah. That's a lot of podcasts. A lot mm-hmm. of yeah. close to 300. Yeah. Mm. Nice. Yeah. nice. Nice. All right. So we are going to dig into a very important, everybody needs it, everybody needs it every year topic. This is not an optional one if you are homeschooling high school. This is a gotta do it, so you might as well do it with as much confidence and as many ideas and as much inspiration as you can. And that is choosing your curriculum. Because while there's not one right way to homeschool high school, you do have to choose something to use for curriculum at some point early in the year, or it's not going to work. So yeah, that's kind of a a non-negotiable. And this is a good time of year to think about it because you've got some time to explore and Mm -hmm. figure out what it is you actually want. So how should we help our seventh sisters get their heads together on what they're looking for, for choosing curriculum? Well, Well, I love to start big and work backwards. So we probably should at least mention the idea of looking at the four years of high school and having like big giant goals instead of just thinking, what are we doing this year for science? Yes. I mean, I love the big picture, like, like, love, love, love the big picture. Like, what do we want to see our kids having accomplished when they walk across their little stage or the backyard or whatever graduation ceremony is going to look like? Like, what, what we, what we want them to have done at that moment. And so we need to think that big picture, like, do they need four years of math and how serious math, you know, and what kind of literatures do we want them to have experienced and what kind of histories and what formats, you know, do they need to be at a college prep level or are they just getting through enough for a, you know, good job application? So have they done some good career exploration so that they can even make those decisions about whether they mm. need to level up to honors on something or whether they need to add in an extra year of a lab science or, yeah. And if they haven't, that's that's a good thing to kind of put a star by that even before you start thinking about it, make a note of that and make that a priority. Uh, I always like to think um, also in the big picture mode of things, um, how about the kids themselves? What are their personalities like? What are their passions, their interests? What's driving them? So important because what one kid loves, another kid's going to just fight with you all year long about it. So to, to respect that God made each kid different and yeah. you know, to, to include that in on their decision-making is a respectful thing, but also will save us a few bit of tears there some gray hairs, perhaps. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's also okay to consider our financial picture and to, oh. uh, to not be embarrassed to recognize that that's a piece of deciding how we're going to homeschool high school. Mm-hmm. If you have a really nice 
chubby, comfy homeschool budget. And you can do lots of um, classes that cost a fair amount of money, or you can do lots of trips and experiences that, um, that just require a big budget. You know, that's great. But if you can't, that's okay too. It's just really wise to look that square in the face and say, okay, so we will be homeschooling on a shoestring this year. Yeah. Or we definitely have um, this significant investment going in this direction because this kid is passionate about this and we really want to lean into that. But that doesn't leave a whole lot of excess for some of the other things. So how can we barter for those with people who are good at them? How can we um, cooperate with other homeschooling families? How could we find used curriculum perhaps instead of new? So those, those kind of questions, that's important stuff too. Yeah. And even thinking about what what might I be able to use for more than one child in my homeschool, whether it's mm. not whether it's this year, is this something that's a, a bigger ticket item, but it's important to our whole family and it's a good multi-age kind of thing, or what might I be able to use for three more kids coming down the pipeline? Yeah. Uh, so it's uh, it might be a little bit of an outlay now, but it might be a, a bargain in the long run. And, you know, one, one of the things that it's easy to do as a homeschooler is look at all of the fantastic curriculum that's out there and read all the blog posts on how you need, if you're going to be doing this homeschool high school stuff, you need to do it right. And this is the right way to do it. <laughs> the right way. Mm-hmm. And, and I remember being, you know, a, a mom with five kids rubbing nickels together to get all of the curriculum and having to wrestle myself into believing that God has a plan here. And just because I couldn't afford this huge, big ticket curriculum that everybody the right way to do it, um, didn't mean that God was considering me a failure. It means he was opening other doors. And yes. one of the doors he opened for us was um, to have homeschool friends that I <laughs> have a co-op together and swap you know, at a very low budget, you know, swap who's teaching what and, um, and develop some affordable curriculum that helps other homeschoolers. So in the closed door for us, in not being able to do big ticket stuff, we found that God opened doors of friends and, and sisters and, uh, and our own kind of curriculum. Yes, beautiful. Mm-hmm. All right, so that's a lot of the big picture stuff. So let's pull it down to those who are saying, yes, but what am I doing this year? And how do I wrap my brain around what has to happen this year and my best choices for each of those things? Should we maybe let Vicki do a little quick recap of typically what students should cover over the course of their four years real quick? Well, that's not a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, you know, every state has different graduation requirements. And so you want to check your State Department of Education to see what your kids need for graduation. So, you know, that's that's um, that will be your minimum. If you have a kid who's headed for college, um, then each year will be determined so that you get in what that specific college is looking for. So, you know, some colleges are looking for more world languages or more higher powered math. So visit a few websites that may be interesting to you. So, you know, like each year we're going to have to break down our math. So we get through, you know, calculus, if you're headed to a college, that's, that's going to require that. So anyway, basically kids are going to need four language arts, 
and that that uh, we've got so many posts at Seven Sisters oh, yeah. School um, about the the ways to handle language arts. So language arts is huge because it has reading and it has writing and it has grammar, and um, and we sisters can help with that. So. Yeah. I almost said arithmetic after you said writing and reading, and I thought, no, wait, that's not right. <laughs> Speaking of arithmetic, <laughs> each each state is very different. So there's a few states that you can squeak by with just a couple of maths, um, but mostly you will need three or four maths to graduate, algebra, and very often geometry. And these days, either consumer math or financial literacy will be in on that. And so just, you know, any kid's going to have to have those. And if they're going to a college, um, then they will want to check websites and see how far. So most of those kids are going to have at least to have to have um, algebra two and sometimes pre-calc and sometimes statistics, sometimes calc, just according to major in college. All right. So got literature and you've got um, math and then they will need three to four sciences. And usually they will need labs to go with at least three of those sciences. So, uh, and usually there's biology and chemistry at, at the core um, that almost all states require that. And then it will vary, you know, for the other sciences. So most of them will also want to help. And, uh, and so they, that, you know, that covers several, but if they're going into like nursing um, or one of the medical fields, so anatomy and physiology. So if they're going into um, some of the harder sciences, uh, you know, physics will be important. Or if there's, I, I know our friend Stacy, her son went into meteorology in college. And so he studied earth science and did whole, you know, courses in high school on, on meteorology so that he had a really cool transcript when he went off to college. So, and then you'll need history. So usually that's of three or four histories according to the states. And so American and world histories and a half credit each usually of civics and economics. And then according to the state you're in or what the colleges want, um, half credits of geography, of social sciences like psychology or um, human development or sociology, things like that. Um, so check your, check your state requirements on that. And then usually there is a world language component that's required and often that's two world languages. And uh, and we just did the most fun interview the other day, today. It's been long. <laughs> we will show up later on. <laughs> really cool interview <laughs> recently. <laughs> yeah, what did we say? We yeah. did this interview with, with Anne Guinera who had the loveliest discussion on world languages. Yeah, world language is really fun. Yeah. Um, but kids who are going to a more competitive college or are going to major in humanities or languages may want up to four languages during high school. And some states will require three. So check your requirements there. Usually they will need between one and two phys eds. And you know what? They need that. Because oh, we're yeah. healthy in our bodies and souls if we do not move our bodies. So I, I wonder how long it's going to be until we're actually requiring like four credits of that. Because when you think about the things that we take that are important to learn, but that we don't use later in life, depending on where we go, no matter what we're going to do in our life, it's important to take care of our bodies and how important that is. Yeah, it, it's, it's just bizarre 
you know, with all the research we have on emotional and physical health, you know, that, you know, one, one phys ed requirement would be enough. But anyway, um, you get to add more if you want, because there's not one right way to homeschool. And, you know, I think, I think everybody homeschooling post 2020 and everything that we learned about stay at home orders and significant amounts of time in front of a screen being required because of a pandemic. Um, I think it's going to light a fire for a lot of people to realize how desperately important that whole physical movement thing is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And that doesn't mean you need to be fitness queens or sports. Athletic coordinated. Thank just, God we are not required to be coordinated because if just, we were, <laughs> I'd be in trouble. Right. All it means is being active, right? Move it, move it, move it. Yeah. There you go. Motion is lotion, baby. That's <laughs> what the physical therapist told my mom. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> oh, 92 year old aunt likes to say if you don't move it you're just gonna lose don't it, lose it. <laughs> she's always said and she's she's going strong at 92 so she knows something <laughs> that's so wise so sorry I, I derailed us no no but that's you know it's i think we just need to think on it um then usually most states require at least one fine arts credit and that can be mm-hmm. music or art or dance or you know a thing that requires creativity um and again in my personal opinion one fine art credit it does not create a whole being and i know mm-hmm. as a counselor, one of the things we have found is that people are healthiest if they use the creative part of their brain. Oh, yeah. You know, like it literally stimulates um, oxytocin and endorphins and things that uh, we're really rabbit trailing here today. But isn't it fun? It's a good and, rabbit trail. <laughs> These are all things to think about when you're choosing curriculum. They really are. They and are. You know what? Give yourself permission to rabbit trail when you're choosing curriculum. Oh, yes. Because sometimes the things that you discover as you hippity hop along the rabbit trail will be like, (laughs) oh, epiphany things that will really help you make a choice about a particular subject area. Factoring in all these things of priority, motivation, personality, individual goals, the relationship structure within your family, the financial impact, all of this sets you up for successful learning if you do it wisely. When you factor it all in and you hippity hop all over those rabbit trails. Um, don't, don't, this is, this is, okay, I'm going to get on my soapbox for a minute, but <laughs> please don't buy into the, well, these people are using this and they say it's the best. So mm-hmm. I've got to use it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it may very well be the best for them. Mm-hmm. But you need to give yourself permission to at that time or yes, at that time with that kid mm-hmm. under those yep. circumstances. Yep. Yep. But you really do moms and dads. You need to give yourselves permission to take the time necessary to explore and to really think about what you need for your homeschool at this time, because it might and, not be what's good for somebody else. And Sabrina, you actually just made a really good point too. I think as we've had this whole conversation, <laughs> yeah, I'm so excited. We, you know, I, at least I've been thinking we're talking primarily about the student, but what about the parent too? Who is going to be teaching or guiding the student through this curriculum? Yes. Because you could have a curriculum that works great for the kid, but if it doesn't work well for the parent, mm. you know, that's something to really think about. Yeah, that, you know, the, that a good illustration of that is 
in when my oldest kids were in high school, the popular math at that time was Saxon math. And uh, my oldest son is just kind of naturally wired for math. And so he, I could hand him a Saxon math book and he would just plug his way through it. And if he had a question, he would ask and I would go, mm, mm. <laughs> good answer. <laughs> <laughs> he would figure it out, you know, with my moral support, but the, <laughs> I had to actually work with them. And my, my uh, attention span is such that Saxon was all black and white and there weren't any pretty pictures. And I just didn't have the attention span for it. So we had to have curriculum that had pictures. Mm. There you go. Yeah. It's a good thing to know about yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so rabbit trailing, you know, from fine arts is they need at least one, but please give yourself permission because you don't have to stop with the number of credits the state requires. So if the state requires 22 credits and your kid earns 30, that lightning is not going to strike you. In fact, <laughs> you just have this awesome looking transcript. Like, this is fine. This is good. It might sparkle, right? Yeah, it <laughs> And that's it. But it has been, you know, having big, rich transcripts has been one of the things that has helped our homeschoolers stand out because they do so much with their high school. They tailor it and explore. And, and so anyway. So, you know, think about, uh, you know, investing in your teen's interests and uh, or if they don't have an interest in fine arts to do a kind of exploration across the different arts. And then maybe they'll discover something they love or some tools for just, you know, being healthy. So. All right. So that's fine arts. And then they, they need um, a certain number of electives, according to the state. And usually driver's ed's gonna be on there. Um, some states require a technology credit, which is hilarious because they're all digital natives. Um, <laughs> oh, our friend Merrill at Homeschooling with Technology is so awesome with resources for that. Um, and uh, then other electives that fill out their interests. So if there's a career exploration kind of thing, like what if they're interested in you know, having their own daycare center, you know, then do an early childhood education credit. Um, or if they're interested in going into sports and they play ice hockey, you know, <laughs> <laughs> to do extra, you know, health and fitness credits and, and extra yeah. credits. Mm. So leadership. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yep. And so you, you just keep good records and, uh, and that all goes there. But if you plan out the curriculum that you're going to have to buy according to what each year needs, and you know, like with literature, it doesn't matter what order you go in or whether you mix it up or you stick with one you know, literature, like American literature, um, what matters is it fits you guys. But if you think mm. year by year, we're gonna cover this, bring your teen in on it, mm. um, then, then it will help. I just commandeered that whole darn thing. That was awesome though. It was, it was good stuff. So let's, okay. So let's hop from that too. So that that's, that's what's got to happen over the course of a year. And that's a lot of the important things to factor in. So let's just hit real quickly on that. There, there are three really basic ways to earn credits in various subject areas. Okay. Mm -hmm. The one is to use a traditional textbook, traditional curriculum. Mm -hmm. If you work through geometry and you go from chapter one through the last chapter in the book, you can feel pretty confident that you've earned a geometry credit, right? 
Um, so if it's a if it's a, a fairly standard, um, you know, traditional kind of approach, you got your textbook, you're good to go. If you enroll in a class, a class online, a class at a local community college, a class at a hybrid school, um, any of those kind of things where some other entity with all the power who is answering to the state says, we're doing this much material and this is a one credit class, then you can feel confident about that. But if you want to be more creative, you want to mix and match, you want to do lots of experiential learning, or you want to do lots of um, reading and uh, an independent research project on an area of passion and that sort of thing. There are wonderful ways to capture that learning on the transcript and to assign credit value to it that is legit, that is not cheating, and that will indeed be acceptable by colleges. So Vicki, you want to just explain Carnegie units a little bit and, and logging hours? Yeah. Yeah. So you can actually earn a credit by hours rather than textbook. And so we, we call that Carnegie unit in most high schools. So most states use a high school Carnegie credit. And by the tradition, you know, if you go to Carnegie units website, um, they'll say that's 120 hours of instruction or educational experience. Uh, and then states will often add to that, like in Delaware, it's 135 hours for most Carnegie units of educational experience. And some states it's up to 180. So check your state department of education to find out how many hours to earn a credit. But that way, if you have a, a, a course that your teen is just really interested in, but there's not a textbook or the textbooks are boring, then you can do reading real books and going on field trips and doing projects and presentations and papers and just log those hours until you get up to that, you know, whatever your state's Carnegie unit is. And then that goes on the transcript as a credit. So it's, um, you know, you have so much fun when you can log it like that. Like we had one of my kids uh, was really interested in um, the the world wars at one time, and uh, and then church history at another time, and so you know logged some extra credits in history electives by just logging hours in his studies and documentaries and movies and field trips and books and papers, and uh, really was enriching for his development because it was a cool. podcast in there. Cause that wasn't something that was available to mm. our older kids a while back because there weren't podcasts, but yeah. there are some amazing mm. educational podcasts for, especially for an area of real passion and interest when a kid just wants more and more and more of something. Oh, yeah. That's another yeah. great resource. One of the, our, our more popular podcast episodes was with a homeschooler. He, at the time he was a senior in high school his name is Noah Tetzter. And he, oh, I remember him. He no. got interested in Vikings and he got so interested in Vikings that he started doing a podcast. And this kid, only homeschoolers would do this, I think. <laughs> World experts. I mean, international experts on Vikings and interviews. Interviews. And, and yeah, that's great. That's with these world experts. 
it got so big that when one of the towns in England that had a lot of Viking history was having their annual Viking day, they paid for him and his father to come and be some of the features and do a live podcast episode from their annual Viking day. Is that crazy or what? Like oh, fabulous. I love that story. And he, that. Uh, but he built this beautiful transcript with these, you know, Viking electives. And, uh, but also it just kind of changed his life and opened all kinds of doors for him. That's so great. That is so great. Okay. So if you are trying to narrow down, um, what are we doing for math for this year? And you know enough to say, well, my kid has already done up through pre-algebra. So it's a fairly logical choice to say, we're looking at algebra one for the coming year. Um, then you can very simply look for algebra curriculum reviews mm -hmm. online. Mm -hmm. Now, back a long time ago, before we had a lot of that kind of stuff, it was so important to ask friend after friend after friend, what did you use for algebra mm -hmm. one? What did you like about it? What did you not like about it? It is just lovely to be able to go to websites like kathyduffyreviews.com. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Look at everything that she has reviewed in algebra. She won't have looked at every curriculum out there, but you can get some wonderful, um, very specific information. And some of the things that you're looking for are the things that we talked about in the early part of this podcast. Your kid's personality and style of learning, your personality and style of teaching, your budget, your um, level of rigor that you're, that you're hoping to earn through this. Okay. So make use of those review mm -hmm. websites. Don't just go with whatever the shiny popular thing is that you keep hearing about. Yeah. And one of the things I love checking out reviews too is not only looking about like this was good or this was bad, but why or what made this. Now, like Kathy Duffy's, you're going to get much more generic. But when you get a, a review that's like somebody talking about, we use this with my family mm -hmm. um, and we liked it or we didn't, not just they liked it or they didn't, but why did they like it or why they didn't? Because you might figure out very quickly that the reason they didn't like it might be totally appealing to you and your family yeah. or the other way around. Yeah. 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 Excellent. Um, <clears throat> so let's see that that works well for the more traditional curricula. <clears throat> if you're talking about doing an online class or a co-op class, if you're going to cooperate with other homeschoolers and some of those parents have expertise in an area and maybe you're going to barter, this was how we did a lot of our local, um, high school homeschooling with our own kids is, is we co-opt together and one would teach this because it was an area of real strength. And then somebody else would say, well, I'll teach this because I'm really passionate about not. And it was a wonderful way to, to bring that stuff together. But even with that, a caveat, not all co-op experiences are created equal. Mm -hmm. Not all online classes are created equal. Not all community college uh, classes oh. are created equal. Yep. So take a little time, do a little digging, find out about the people who are offering this class. It's going to tell you a whole lot about what the feel of the class itself will be. Yeah. I have known some really, really smart people in our local homeschool community who offered classes that I did not even for a moment consider enrolling my kid in. Not because it wouldn't have been an excellent class. It just would have been a terrible fit for mm -hmm. us. Yeah. Um, there's one person I'm thinking of in particular who offered some higher level science and math classes for a time. And I was not good at teaching science or math to my kids, but we didn't go that route because I knew that this person was um, a very in the box, 
very rigid and very, very high standards with kids who had gone on to be like brilliant rocket scientists kind of thing. And my kids were basically looking to check a box when it came to science and math. None of them were going into engineering fields. None of them had any interest in that kind of stuff. And Mm -hmm. I thought, golly, it's just going to intimidate and burn them out. They don't need that level of rigor. They don't need that level even of passion about the subject. So let's not go that route. And this was a wonderful teacher, just not a good fit. Right. And, and, you know, for the kids who were going into the sciences, that was a great fit, but you know, your kids and you know, my kids needed more time for drama and oh yeah yeah. fine arts and the good kind not the good kind right yes no teens need more time for drama (laughs) the bad kind believe me (laughs) nor do their mamas well that's very true (laughs) (laughs) yeah so you know when you just have 24 hours a day my kids that where I wanted to stretch them um, I wanted to stretch their comfort zone doing some rhetoric league Mm-hmm. public speaking and less time on um vectors in you know <laughs> but for for kids who are going into the sciences you know they needed the vectors and the 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 really high standards rigor so right there's not one right way to homeschool high school <laughs> right yeah i'm so glad you mentioned the rhetoric league though vicky my kids did not do the rhetoric league um, because they were too busy playing ice hockey. Um, well, and the older ones, I don't know why. Um, but one thing is they found that that's something that we would not have thought of including in our homeschooling, if not for some lovely people in our community who did and knew and offered it. Um, but they have found that every single class that they have taken in college, whether it's a finance class or a, a, uh, fitness class or an English class or a psychology class, every class is requiring group presentations or individual presentations. Mm -hmm. And so something like doing that kind of thing is so valuable to put in your homeschool time, not every year, maybe if it's not a passion or something you perceive as a high need, but well worth including in your curriculum choices. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, good stuff. Lots to think about. But we hope that you're hearing the overarching theme. These are decisions that you're making for your family for this year, for this moment in time. (laughs) There's not one right way to do this. And you should not assume that just because other people have used this, that it is necessarily best for you, nor should you assume just because you have used this before, that it's necessarily what you want to continue with. You need to really have a lot of grace for yourself and your family and you need to look at reality. So if things have changed, like, I don't know, you know, a worldwide pandemic thing, like (laughs) rocked everybody's world last year. um, There are things that are much smaller than a pandemic that still can really rock your world. If you've got somebody who has developed a chronic illness or been in an accident that changes your entire home Mm -hmm. for a season. And that's okay. If, um, if a family is going through a divorce or has an aging parent with Alzheimer's who's moving into the home or experiences a job loss and loss of a home or has to move across the country unexpectedly. Mm-hmm. I mean, these kinds of things will just completely change how your priorities are going to fall in choosing curriculum and for what your homeschool year is going to look like. And it is okay to decide this year we need less stressful academics. We need more time outside in nature and creation and time with people and very relational things. So 
how can we work more outside time into what we're doing with science or fine arts? Mm -hmm. What can we do to work lots of interviewing and shadowing and talking to good people into our career exploration, into our electives that we're studying? If it's a year where you need to be quieter and at home and just with your immediate people, then maybe that's a great year to have a really impressive book list where you have done so many books that you've read independently, that you've read aloud together as a family. Um, Just let real life influence your decisions for curriculum for a year or two. Oh, amen. Yeah. What else do we need to say? Oh, we should talk about the fact that we have curriculum at seven. Yeah, we, we do. We, yeah, we our, our other sisters might be a little upset if we uh, have a whole, whole podcast and don't mention that. Anything. We have a website. Who knew? We do. We have an seven ebook sisters, store. Homeschool.com. <laughs> it has an ebook store. We have lots and lots and lots actually of curriculum that we have been publishing for over 10 years now. We've been creating it for over 20 using it in our own homes, in our local community, in a a hybrid school that is in our local area, and that we've been sharing with lots and lots of our homeschooling seventh sisters all over the place. We can actually say all over the world because we Mm -hmm. have seventh sisters on various continents, and that is exciting. We need a map with pins in it. (laughs) We do. So yes, please check out the titles um, that are available for you that were created by us, your big sisters, because they're, they're created with an, an eye toward no overkill mm-hmm. and no busy work. Yeah. And we are hoping that they are successful in um, instruction that is in a conversational style, a friendly, approachable, rather than um, an intimidating or um, uh, sterile academic kind of sound, our, our hope is to engage teens, to get them to think, to get them to grow in character and in critical thinking skills, as well as in academic mastery of a particular area. And we feel confident enough about our curriculum being a great fit for a lot of families that we are fine with giving you your money back if our curriculum is not a fit for your family. Mm-hmm. So um, we have a no questions asked money back guarantee on all of our titles and you can feel safe and confident to order a title and download it. It's PDF format. You get it immediately after purchase and you take a look at it and that day or a few days later, you've looked through and you say, wow, this might be good for somebody, but it's, it's not us. Mm-hmm. You shoot us an email and we are happy to refund your money because we want to be encouraging our seventh sisters who are coming up a little bit behind us. Uh, We wanna be encouraging you to be doing this right for your family for this year. Mm -hmm. Not trying to buy into a formula. We don't have a formula to offer you. We just Mm -hmm. wanna offer you encouragement and excellent resources. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Ooh, and earlier we mentioned co-ops and we also have a co-op discount too. So if you do wanna use our curriculum with a co-op of your buds, Um, you can check that out. I know there's a spot on the website to learn more details and you can, everybody can save even more um, by sharing the, sharing the wealth, sharing the load. 
And um, yeah, the- if you're going to be teaching a co-op, you just really want to send um, an email to info at sevensistershomeschool.com and say, hey, we're thinking about, you don't even have to have it firmed up yet. We're thinking about maybe offering your introduction to psychology from a Christian perspective course in our co-op next year. We think we would have maybe 12 kids, something like that. Um, what can you tell me about co-op discounts and how would that work? And we, we custom create a discount code that's usually in the neighborhood of about a third off of the regular price. And um, that's for all sorts of different sizes of groups. And we would love to work with you on that. And then also on the Seven Sisters Homeschool website, we have um, free suggested syllabi for many of Oh, wow. Yes. You know, help you get you and your teen organized. And um, for a few of the courses, we have schedules or lesson plans that will help you along if you're teaching in a group um, that, that gives you activities and videos and things to add to it. So we, because we want our seventh sisters to all succeed. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So, all right. I think we've touched on all of the things that we feel really passionately about when it comes to choosing curriculum. I'm sure if you've listened to this entire episode, you've heard that there's a lot of passion. (laughs) That's because there's a lot of years of homeschooling represented even by the three of us who are on the podcast today. And then you multiply that by two because there are three more, um, Marilyn, Sarah, and Allison, who do not participate in the podcast recordings, but who also are a part of sevensistershomeschool.com. And um, the six of us all are passionate about curriculum being a good fit, curriculum being um, a source for success for your teen as a learner, helping them learn how they learn well, because they're going to be learning stuff the rest of their lives. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're listening to this podcast and you're older than 18 years old, you know that you're still learning stuff on a regular basis, sometimes whether you want to or not. For example, what happens when that little idiot light goes off on your dashboard in your car and you don't take it in to have the mechanic look at it? You might learn something about auto mechanics that you never wanted to learn. There you go. All going to be learning our whole lives. And if our teens have been empowered to understand how they learn best, and if they've been empowered to understand how to get help in an environment where it's not their preferred learning style or whatever, if they know how to work those different kinds of situations so that they can learn what they need to learn. Wow. What a gift you've given them. That's success in homeschooling right there. That's helping them step out into adulthood, ready to do life one day at a time. So um, we hope that we are an encouragement to you and an inspiration as well as a source of practical curriculum resources in PDF format available for automatic download from our ebook store school.com. We would love to hear from you. If you have tips for how you choose your curriculum, are you someone who makes a spreadsheet? Are you someone who uh, talks to lots of friends? Have you found a Facebook group online that is really, really helpful? Ooh, we love, there's a Facebook group online that um, I have seen wonderful uh, communication about curriculum. And that is, um, Annie and everything has, it's not that hard to homeschool high school, huge mm-hmm. Facebook group. Yeah. That is a great place to just say, what are people thinking about pre-calc? And you just get lots and lots and lots of feedback from people of what they liked and didn't and all that stuff. So find those, find those groups, make good use of them. We do well when we help each other out along the way. 
And we hope that today has been helpful to you. We've enjoyed spending this time with one another and with you, our seventh sisters. We hope that you will join us again for future episodes of the Homeschool High School Podcast from sevensistershomeschool.com and brought to you by the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network. <laughs>